Shotgun eye right back to Peoples, and Peoples right into the end zone. Up the gut for my Peoples. Snap back, pressure coming from ECU. Fade, far side of the end zone, and Phillips goes up and wins one. Mano, Imano. Fake, Jackson straight back, dropping to throw, going for it all across the middle for Phillips. Why not? Two-handed catch of 31 yards. For the touchdown! Left, and it's going to be that little flip pass across the middle of the fake run. Trayvon McMillan has it up in field 50. He's on the dead run. Nothing but Greenville grabs in front of him. Touchdown! Trayvon McMillan! Everybody, welcome back to the quarantined Sons of Saturday. We have a, a very special guest here this afternoon, this morning, this twilight, this dusk, whatever time of day you are tuning in. John Laser is joining us, and we're really excited. But first, we gotta kick this off, as we do every episode, with a hokey haiku brought to you by our good friends at Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. Dr. Jeremy Counts and the gang, you gotta love them. They're giving out free hand sanitizer. They have all of your quarantine essentials. So head on over to the Main Street Pharmacy on Main Street in Blacksburg. They got you covered. This Hokey Haiku is brought to you by none other than Grady Baker. We had a lot of submissions for the Hokey Haiku and, uh, you know, I thought I thought Grady's was the funniest. So here we go. Hokies on the air. How do you spell this guy's name? <laughs> Lays and Mike the bomb. So Billy Lays, how we doing? John Laser, it's good to have you on, man. How's it going? It's great to be on with you guys. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, and I'm actually right across the street from Main Street Pharmacy right now in my quarantine. So I might stop over there after this. <laughs> That haiku kind of summed up my career, by the way. Who is this guy? Uh, I guess he's all right. <laughs> That's awesome. So we'll kick it off here. Uh, kind of just want to understand, how has everyone been keeping busy? You know, for me, I've been home in New Jersey for about a week now. I know Billy's been the same. Uh, but Lays, we'll start with you. What have you been doing over the past uh, you know, week, week and a half, two weeks to, to keep yourself busy? Yeah, you know, what's interesting, guys, is uh, it was kind of at a natural end point for me. And, and Mike Burnup, of course, owns his own company, New River Office Supply, so he kind of goes back to that. But we lost to North Carolina in the ACC tournament, packed up, drove back to Blacksburg. And I don't want to say everything was normal because there definitely was a different vibe at the at the tournament than you usually have. And people were very hesitant, and rightfully so. Uh, to shake hands or, you know, greet old colleagues and whatever. But we drove back kind of a sense of normalcy. It's into the off season, uh, actually a little earlier than we've been accustomed to the last few years. So it's going to be a nice couple week uh, buffer for me until spring football, which was supposed to start a couple of days ago now. So it honestly has been more activity even with the quarantine than what it normally would be for me right now because i probably would have decompressed maybe even gone to richmond seen some friends and something like that but now we're all kind of scampering to say okay it's a different reality out of nowhere uh we've got to figure out how we're going to collaborate as an office in my case with Learfield img as an athletic department uh and how to do that and do it quickly and adapt to things that are changing uh minute by minute honestly and as quick as you can imagine. So it's just kind of been, I don't want to call it uh, scrambling, but it's just been adapting like the rest of the country, I think. As uh, as you said, minute by minute change. Yesterday, actually, um, I had headed over about forty minutes south in search of uh, toilet paper and 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 um, and uh, paper towels. Ended up in a place called Dover, New Jersey, which is about fifteen minutes from where uh, Pat is. Uh, and we actually both ended up uh, going to Del Barton, running some sprints, uh, threw the ball around, sat six feet away, and split a split a Coors Light. Uh, and then the next uh, we got home. <laughs> 
And uh, my mom said, I hope you enjoyed your time out. Phil Murphy just said that you're not allowed outside anymore. So I uh, woke up this morning, ran some sprints in my backyard. Um, my brother started <laughs> cleaning out the garage. And once somebody starts cleaning out the garage, I get a f- as far away from the garage as I possibly can in the Mitchell household. So, um, so, but it's been, it's, it's been crazy in a, con- in a changing situation and with so many different things going on in so many different states, it's, it's hard to keep up with, but definitely, uh, Definitely interesting times, but excited to get a little time away from that and uh, and uh, talk with you. So we're excited about it. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to talk uh, literally, Bill, about what we've been doing, my wife and I are averaging about four and a half, five walks a day right now. <laughs> uh, we've got different routes. We start out, uh, go through by Squires and onto the drill field, come out by Hanhurst. Uh, earlier, we did the Huckleberry Trail in reverse, where then we come down the steps and come out by Lane Stadium. Uh, and we're going to go on another one right after we're done here, to be honest. How empty is it? What is uh, what is what is the scene in Blacksburg? Is it is is it uh, summer session one type? Is it uh, still some folks lingering around? What 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 is the scene? Yeah, it's got a very summer vibe to it in terms of just number of people that are here. And obviously, you add to that, you know, we live right without giving our actual address. Well, maybe we would. Nobody stopped by anyway. Uh, but we live fairly close to the athletic village. So generally, even in the summer, you're going to have coaches and the student athletes that are here uh, working out through the course of both those summer sessions here. So it's less than that in the fact that none of the employees are there. None of the student athletes are there. None of the coaches are there right now. Uh, what's been interesting over the last handful of days is I'm not sure how Virginia Tech has staggered this, uh, whether it was an intentional effort. I believe it was in terms of moving people out of the dorms. But there's been a steady stream uh, of people on Washington, parents picking up their sons or daughters, uh, packing up their dorm rooms. It's been not nearly as chaotic as maybe it is sometimes at the beginning or end of a, of a semester or school year. Uh, but I think that's slowly going to taper, obviously. And then to your point, it, it's going to feel a lot like it does in maybe June. It is pretty wild, especially the fact that this is all occurring at a time when, you know, the students found out about this on their Wednesday of spring break. So it just adds to the chaos of, you know, should they be in Blacksburg going back and hanging out for a little bit, then going home? Should they go straight home? You know, it's just crazy times. But Lays, we're not here to talk about quarantine 101. (laughs) We We do have a little bit of rapid fire quarantine later on here. But uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. For those of you guys who don't know John Laser, I don't know why you even listen to the Suns if you don't know John Laser. Uh, John Laser is the voice of the Hokies. So he's been the voice of the Hokies since 2015. Uh, so he actually came in his first year uh, was Coach Beamer's last year. So definitely a big transition there. He also hosts the weekly Tech Talk Live and is also a contributor to the Behind the Mic series in the Hokie Sports Magazine. Prior to Virginia Tech, uh, Lays, as many people call him, uh, was most recently the play-by-play uh, broadcaster for Virginia Commonwealth uh, University and then also was uh, the broadcaster for the Richmond Flying Squirrels uh, minor league baseball team in Richmond. So, Lays, you know, just to kind of talk about your career in broadcasting, you know, we know you're from Minnesota. You've spent a ton of time moving all over the country, um, you know, kind of climbing the ladder here. And a lot of your stints has been in uh, minor league baseball. I was watching a video. It was like five things you don't know about Lays. And one of them was uh, you've lived in 10 states. So, you know, where have you been? Aside from, you know, the beautiful Commonwealth of Virginia and where you got your start uh, growing up in Minnesota, where have you been? Yeah, well, interestingly, I'm now on year 11 in Virginia combined between Richmond and Blacksburg. So this is the second longest I've lived anywhere other than Minnesota where I grew up. But I'll take you through it rapid fire. I've gotten pretty used to that. Um, Went to school or went to high school in Minneapolis, was actually born in Chicago, Illinois. In between those, uh, when I was like three to six, we lived in Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, All those places are very cold, uh, very snowy, and very flat. And when it was time for college, after kind of messing around a little bit in high school, uh, I decided to go to Arizona State. And they have a phenomenal broadcasting program. I'd be lying if I said that's why I went there. It worked out, serendipity and all those things. Uh, Wound up living in California with a roommate for uh, one of those summers, which was, I believe, my fifth state. Came back to Minneapolis after school added a specialized degree 
at Brown and an internship at uh, KFAN, which is the predominant sports station there. Um, and they just kind of saw two paths. It was like, if you want to do play-by-play, there's nothing in Minneapolis outside of the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. So you're obviously not at that level. you got to go out and do the work. So my first couple of jobs were in Minnesota. Um, and then from there, I moved to Yakima, Washington. That was a Diamondbacks affiliate. Uh, to Altoona, Pennsylvania, that was a Pirates affiliate. To Myrtle Beach, that was a lot of fun. That was a Braves affiliate. Uh, Montgomery, Alabama was a Rays affiliate. And then eventually to Richmond uh, with the Flying Squirrels, we started that franchise and then was fortunate enough to uh, hook on with VCU right after they had obviously had the shocking run to the Final Four. So a lot of different different stops. And, you know, you got to be really flexible in this role as well. Uh, considering, you know, you're, you're up and moving a lot, uh, you know, trying to climb that ladder. But if you, you know, you zoom out and you start and, uh, you know, realize Lays as a young boy, when did you realize that you wanted to be uh, in sports broadcasting? Did you have like a dream role or like a dream team that you wanted to be on TV or radio for? Like, how did that all, uh, what was your vision? You know, I was in high school in the heyday of SportsCenter, where it was the big show with Dan and Keith, and, and I always wanted to be those guys because they were sarcastic as heck and getting away with it, uh, and people seemed to love it, and that was back when they'd just replay SportsCenter over and over, so if we had a study hall from high school, we would just go to a buddy's house and watch it a couple of times before we had to go back to school, so that was kind of the, the era that I came up in. I, there wasn't, I'll be honest, again, I'd be lying if I said, like, I was focused on what I wanted to be when I was 16 or 17. I was having fun. I was playing sports. I'm not saying you shouldn't, by the way, focus on those things. I see so many young people that are now, and that's phenomenal. Um, there was When I was on the JV basketball team, uh, they used to film the varsity games for public access television. Uh, but they needed a car for film, I should say, but also for public access television. So they needed a commentator, uh, and I signed up for that readily. And we eventually got fired at midseason for some insensitive comments but that was the first time we're like i was doing it and people were reacting and they're like hey this guy's pretty funny we obviously took it too far with our lack of maturity at 15 16 years of age uh but that was the first time where i was like i think i might have an ability for this and then didn't really pick it up again honestly until i was about 21 that's too funny i would love to hear some of those tapes <laughs> But uh, out there on YouTube, but you'd have to know where went to high school, and uh, they are not flattering. <laughs> so um, on our one of our most recent episodes, we had an incredible interview with David Cunningham that Grayson and Billy ran, uh, who, by the way, has put together an incredible uh, in- interactive March Madness bracket of all the best Twitter accounts of VT Twitter. It actually looks like the Sons of Saturday are about to raise a white flag to him as we speak. But uh, David was talking about spending time with journalists and broadcasters to understand more about their roles and the industry. And, you know, now he's kicking off his first big time summer gig with the Peninsula Pilots this summer out in the 757. What kind of advice would you offer to students or to high school students even who are looking to learn more and grow their broadcasting careers? Yeah, it's crazy when you talk about a guy I just got obliterated in my matchup and that thing, by the way, today. Uh, so I'm with you guys now on the sidelines. Uh, David is uh, an innovative kid. I've really gotten a lot of uh, fun working with him and Jake Lyman and Evan Hughes and all of those guys that are that are now a part of just that growing program, which is was so much fun. Uh, it's kind of like I was saying, you know, going back to when I was in high school, uh, I didn't think about it at all. And then I worked with a guy like Evan Hughes, who, who Hokie fans know because we're using him all over the place and he's doing ACC network extra stuff. And we've had him uh, do baseball and things like that on our actual networks. Uh, even though he's still in college, you know, he started his own student station in high school was selling sponsorships, was actively creating things. And I think that's the greatest advice that you can get is those experiences don't necessarily exist. Right. Even the one that I just mentioned, um, you know, that happened. I was just very lucky that they happened to need a commentator for something that existed. Uh, Whereas if we were really thinking about it, like, you know, like you guys have done uh, Sons of Saturday a couple of years ago. You know, I remember talking with Bill about it, uh, not in this form, but just about doing something. And you guys went Mm -hmm. out and did that. So that's essentially what I would say. And some of the stuff will work and some of the stuff won't work. And that's fine, Uh, particularly when you're pre-college or when you're in college. 
One of the coolest things that uh, Billy had mentioned to me recently was, you know, one of the coolest things about Sons of Saturday was, you know, we took something and we created content. And that's been a lot of fun. And yeah, I completely agree with you. Just kick it off and create some content and put yourself out there. But it's funny you mentioned Evan Hughes because uh, my dad was just in here on Skype with uh, Billy and we were talking about, you know, future guests we might want to have. But um, my dad and Evan Hughes's dad both captained uh, Virginia Tech soccer back in the 1980s playing for Coach Jerry Shanae. And uh, <laughs> they, they do great Shanae impersonations. And we got to get Coach Shanae on the uh, on the <laughs> podcast at some point. Maybe we'll get uh, Coach and Kevin Finn and Kelly Hughes all together. But uh, Bill... We're, it's time to talk about some hokey stuff. Uh, take us away. So I, I, I saw a very interesting parallel in, in your career and what was going on with the Virginia Tech coaching, uh, football coaching turnover uh, back in 2015 when you joined and 2016 when Coach Fuente joined. And I kind of wanted to ask you, how are you able to balance both making a seamless transition from you know, Bill Roth was a, a Virginia Tech legend, um, a household name in uh, the New River Valley, and also taking on this role and, and trailblazing your own path and making your own, uh, creating your own aura and creating your own brand. How were you able to balance that? How were you able to do that the right way? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't remember. It was uh, quite a whirlwind. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, when I first got here, obviously, uh, actually before I got here, when I saw that Bill was leaving, he was the first person I called to say, you know, what's going on? Where are you going? Uh, what does this look like? Uh, you know, how can this be done? Uh, and he was very giving of his time and talking about the fact that he was going to UCLA and here's why, but here's what it is. Um, you know, Mike Burnup being a huge part of that, obviously. Every time I start saying, okay, we look back and we had success in 2015 with at least getting on the air. Um, and, and continuing to just move the thing forward. Mike's a big part of that, obviously, whether that was knowing where to go at visitors' stadiums and unload gear and who was on the crew, because we have a crew of seven guys. Now we've actually grown that with Luther Matty and Wes McElroy to eight. Um, but no, it was just honestly getting here, and I knew that it wasn't specifics in terms of you've got to do this or you've got to do that, but I had to gain trust and it wasn't necessarily trust from coach beamer or coach foster or coach wiles uh, or everybody else that was on that football staff or eventually buzz williams and that basketball staff it was just in general you know fans had to one be like okay this guy doesn't sound horrendous on the air we can give him a shot um but also that i cared about virginia tech and i cared about the history uh which was abundant certainly uh you know in coach beamer we didn't know that at the times final season um and then just be there and show up and listen and talk to people and talk to players and that team that first team i still talk to a lot of those guys you know sam rogers kenny canham luther obviously have gotten back involved um some of the other guys off that team uh just had phenomenal personalities so there really wasn't a step ladder uh it was just show respect and earn trust and we just kind of built from there it's awesome, and you, we talked about your history and your and your ladder. It did. I didn't hear a lot of football experience. So when was the? Did you call your first football game when you were working in at Virginia Tech? No, um, I actually started out when uh, my first play-by-play job in 2003 was with a team called the Saint Cloud River Bats in northern Minnesota, uh, and after that, same radio station. It was the epitome of small town high school football. It was awesome. And I wound up doing that for about five seasons. Um, that was the first football I called. I kind of worked my way back into the Minneapolis market and was doing the state championships and stuff like that for KFAN. And then basically what happened was, um, you know, back then you were getting paid by the game. And baseball had by far and away the most games. So I set out, like I Makes mentioned, sense. to Yakima, Washington in 2006 and just went down the rabbit hole that was baseball and somewhere along the line became a baseball guy I took a, a full-time position in a front office for the first time and stopped going back and forth so anyway to your question Billy uh, did football for one season at Charleston Southern so the game that I had done the game I did against Ohio State uh, on Labor Day night was the first football game that I had done in six years wow Wow, what a uh, what a what a diving board into that, and uh, uh, something I was excited to to ask you about here, and something I've always wondered is is Pat and I, 
uh, and Grayson, and whenever we do this, and as long as I've been doing podcasts, is a big part of it's obviously preparation. Um, we know who the guest is going to come on typically uh, with a good amount of time, but especially with baseball. I mean, you're, you're playing a different team with a different lineup, with different statistics, different everything. Do you have a process where... For example, Virginia Tech football is playing an out-of-conference opponent. Um, how do you kind of take this huge roster and all these different storylines and all these different uh, statistics and kind of make it front of mind to where it's all available as soon as someone makes a tackle or, or as you're talking about it? How do you go through a week preparing for Saturday? Uh, yeah, basically in the season, if it's not the season opener, if it's a season opener, obviously you've got a ton of time to prepare in August. Then you're also doing the same for Virginia Tech, you know, with guys like Tavion Robinson, who you're learning about for the first time, Keyshawn King, things like that. Last year, I remember Ohio State, for example, like I over-prepped them by the, by, you know, I did like five weeks on Ohio State and there was so much stuff out there. Like somebody makes a tackle and I rattle off nine things because I just like, have it there and it was just too much. Uh, so to your question, usually Monday, that's when we have Tech Talk Live. So I'll just kind of devote Monday to that, particularly if we're coming off the road. I, I just want to make sure that's solid and it's in front of a live audience. And I just want to make sure that there's nothing that goes awry technically uh, with things like that. So Tuesday I'll dive in. And what I do is I basically take the entire roster. I, I have uh, spotting boards that I build in Adobe InDesign, which is part of the Adobe Creative Suite, uh, for those that aren't familiar. And it's basically just design layout software. And I'll take the roster and just absolutely copy it. I'll type it in um, in numeric order, offense, defense, just so I see every name. And I go, okay, I'm going to have to circle back, get pronunciation. Then I take the two deep, if it's available, three deep in some cases, break it out. And then you do stats, then you do tidbits, then you do anecdotes, then you do things like that. Wow. I'm making it sound short, but it, it usually takes about a day for each side of the ball and half a day for special teams. That's incredible. So, ladies, you're coming up on your five-year anniversary with Virginia Tech, which I'm sure you probably think is crazy that it's already been five years. Uh, but at the half-decade mark, you've seen a lot of hokey football and a lot of hokey basketball. If you can tell us your favorite football game that you've called and your favorite basketball game that you've called or been a part of thus far. Yeah, even though it was a loss for basketball, guys, it was the Sweet 16 last year, just because I thought it illustrated what Virginia Tech basketball can be, and I'm pretty confident it's going to be, uh, and not too uh, long here under Coach Young. It was just electric in, in D.C. It was awesome, and it was a football vibe. And I hate to disrespect basketball by saying that, but you get what I'm saying. It was 20-some thousand that were going to the game, and a lot of those were Duke fans, of course, uh, and fans of the other two teams, Michigan State and LSU, that were playing on that night. But outside, it was just awesome. It was a party. People were walking around. Mike and I, I remember we got out of an Uber, and we were doing a radio appearance with our affiliate up there, JFK, down the street, and people are yelling at Mike and, you know, in a positive way, you know, burn up, let's go. Uh, <laughs> it was just awesome. And then you got inside, and it was electric. The game lived up to it. Of mm -hmm. course, it was just an absolute heartbreaking way to lose. Um, the football one's a little tougher because my favorite games are, again, games that uh, we've maybe come up short in. The ACC championship game was pretty cool back in 2016. My best moment, uh, my favorite moment, was Bryce Perkins' fumble, obviously. Oh, yeah. The 2018 game. But up until that moment, that was shaping up to be my least favorite game uh, at the time in my fourth year. Gotcha. And you do do a ton of traveling, and we ran into you at O'Hare uh, for the Notre Dame game, which was also an incredible uh, an incredible experience there. Uh, came up a little bit short, but um, have you kind of, do you have any staples in the different cities and the different towns that you travel in, whether it's somewhere you eat or somewhere you go, um, somewhere that kind of sticks out, whether it be in a non-conference opponent that you've been once or twice, or somewhere you always go when you go to Chapel Hill, or where you always go when you go to uh, Miami? Yeah, no doubt. Um, especially when you're traveling with Burnup. Uh, he's got his staples. He's been at this for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I actually introduced him to uh, my cousin lives in Chicago. Speaking of the one we ran into you, Billy, uh, I took Mikey to Ditka's for the first time. And he's got okay. a big rack of ribs uh, right down off a of rush. Um, so that was a lot of fun. We, do, we try to mix it up, and, and uh, we're definitely going out. Uh, to eat because again we travel with Mike myself we have a statistician a spotter uh, an engineer 
Um, and basically, if there's seven of us total that are traveling, a sideline reporter, et cetera. So I try to, I have to um, organize socially, I guess is the best way to put it for all of those people, uh, and then pay for it. So I try to keep it <laughs> under like a four star, uh, knowing that we have uh, certain things that, that we need to, that we are required, Mike and I are required to uh, partake in before we're allowed to broadcast. So uh, as far as, uh, you know, you're spending a lot of time around Mike Burnup. I mean, he is a Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. What's it like uh, working with him and spending so much time with him on the road and around Blacksburg? Well, Mike, he's the man. Uh, it's funny because now that Mike Young's here, it's so interesting to me to have them go back and forth because kind of from, you know, Mike's from Roanoke and Mike Young's from Radford, but it's that similar Southern gentleman where they've got kind of that one line, you know, the, the classic charming one-liner for everything, but there's are off by like a generation or a decade or so. So <laughs> one will describe it one way and the other one responds, meaning the same thing. Um, no, it's, it's amazing. You know, going back to what I was saying at the outset, like it never would have been possible for me to succeed if Mike didn't buy in. Uh, back in the process of getting hired here. He was a huge part of that, that uh, talking to him, realizing that there was chemistry there, there could be over the course of time. Um, so, you know, and just actually getting to know him and being friends with him as opposed to just doing games together at the beginning has been a lot of fun because that actual personality, very similar to what you're used to on the air and what people have been listening to. Um, and at this point, when you're around him in Blacksburg, I mean, he knows everybody. He's spent his entire life here. His, his life is Virginia Tech. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And what's even more fun for me is how protective he's become of me and our crew and you know what we're doing, um, which was why it was so validating this year when he was named Sportscaster of the Year. I'm not sure why it took him as long as it did, not Mike, but the process to make that happen. Uh, but to see right. how uh, genuinely, uh, you know, that, that lifted him up, it was awesome. So he's kind of what you see is what you get, honestly, guys. Like, it's not an act, what you're hearing on the air. <laughs> Some of my favorite things to see on social media is when Burnup is posting pictures of the wildlife that he sees around his neighborhood. <laughs> One day well, it'll be <laughs> part about that is so we're doing a, a hokey pod podcast three years ago i guess um and mike was you know like all of us we're trying to figure out this content game you know like what what is our niche like what what can we do you know like for me it's not going to be a lot of inside stuff because i'm not at liberty to share the things that i do know and most times i don't uh you know so what's it going to be and andrew Greta and mike and i were talking about that and he's like well i got a lot of critters down in the neighborhood and uh <laughs> We were kind of joking. We are like, Ranger Mike, you should start taking pictures of those and uh, making a series. And uh, it's really taken off. So, yeah. <laughs> One day you get your wild turkey. The next day you get your turtle. Then you get a deer. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. But uh, Mike Burnup, Mike Young, you know, two incredible people that I'm sure you spend a ton of time with them around the athletics program. Who are some of the other familiar faces that you love hanging out with around Merriman or Jamerson or wherever you may be? Yeah, what's, what's interesting is, um, you know, college athletics and obviously with the student athletes, it's a cyclical business where, you know, you, you make friends and you meet people and then they're kind of cycling out. So uh, that's definitely been the case with uh, getting to know Coach Beamer and his staff when I first got here. Uh, you know, Shane Beamer was one of the first people that invited me to do something and we went and played golf down at Valley Hack. And then before you know it, uh, Shane's no longer here and it's a new staff that you're getting to know. Um, so we were kind of constantly in the process. Obviously, basketball has been that, that way this year with Coach Young coming in. But uh, here's a name that won't shock anybody. He's one of my good buddies is uh, Bruce Garns. We call him the mayor of Blacksburg. He was on Coach Beamer's oh, staff yeah. for decades, <laughs> and now he's uh, overrunning the show, the basketball program. Um, but just in terms of people that are in the athletics building, all the Hokie Vision people, uh, they were some of my earliest friends, Brian Walls, Jake Castro that crew, um, now the ACC Network, Brad Worthman, uh, Witt, you know, love uh, whenever we get to spend time with him. Um, and, and a lot of the new people on the basketball staff are, are awesome too. Um, but at the same time, I was great friends with a lot of people on Buzz Williams' staff that are now at Texas. So, But uh, more than anything, I spend time with my wife because she's sitting here. <laughs> Great answer, <Go> Renee. <laughs> so, uh, speaking on that on, on that turnover, I, uh, something that I've always 
admired and loved. Uh, and I started listening to these uh, on SoundCloud um, during the Buzz Williams era. And what was great is is you could tell that it was more than an obligation for Coach Williams, where a lot of people would complain about him being late to the studio or not being very engaged, but he was always very engaged and excited, it seemed, to speak to you and speak to Burnup. Um, same thing with Coach Fuente. Same th- well, Mike Young likes to talk to anybody. But you've done a great job <laughs> of, uh, of developing a real relationship and, and making the conversations that you've had with these coaches um, come off as and and just seem really pure and seem like just a couple of friends talking. Um, and and what goes into that? You, I think that is something that um is rare and you don't see a lot. And I think uh, you and Burnup have done an excellent job uh, developing that. Yeah, I think uh, I'll start with Mikey in the post game. Obviously, with Coach Beamer and Coach Foster, which was the two that he would always talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been doing it forever, so it was just old friends, uh, kind of reminiscing. And also, it was people that had seen the highest of the highs and at times uh, seen some pretty low. So the key there in a post-game setting is to not act like it's the end of the world or not act like uh, you're the king of the world. And I think Mike does a great job of that. I think Coach Beamer was obviously always very open sometimes, uh, almost to his detriment, he was he was honest. And in, in today's world, where we sparse and we splice everything up, uh, and just immediately play it back, which is why it, it was immediately easy with Coach Fuente. I give him for for me all the credit for that. Honestly, uh, when he first got here, I still remember the first interview we did. It was on the backside of the football locker room, uh, just sitting there, kind of chopping it up, me and him, and he was straightforward and honest. Um, you know, at the time, coming from Memphis, we kind of laid it out. You know, this is our TV show. This is what we need. Um, I think they respect that we always, particularly me, try to make it as efficient, as easy as possible. We know that there's content that we want. We know that there's answers that we want. Uh, but we never want to make a coach wait, uh, even though it's not like they're saying, hey, we're not going to wait or you got to be ready. You know, you know, in terms of. Uh, you want to streamline it. You want it to uh, be something that they look forward to getting in, getting out. So Coach Fuente's always been awesome. The bottom line is he's very similar to me uh, in terms of personality, dry sense of humor, funny. Uh, if you're talking to me on the scenes, I think you're starting to hear that from the players, which is great. So that was never difficult, honestly, guys, um, in terms of that relationship. Coach Williams, Buzz, was uh, more of a challenge because it does matter to him. Everything does. And uh, he wanted to challenged me to interview him in the style that he liked which was more philosophical than it was just how are you feeling um we got to an (laughs) awesome place at the end of year four i thought i completely agree and and something that i've really enjoyed watching is towards the end of last year you started doing the the post-game interview pictures uh in the back room we had uh uh we had coach foster drinking the uh, budweiser with a burnup we had coach fuente with his big uh with his big million dollar smile uh laughing with coach young with the headsets on those were all just just awesome so i really uh appreciated those and i think everybody has just uh kind of humanizing the entire uh the entire process so big fans of those Thank you. I didn't know where Burnup was going. He went into his like duffel bag because that was Bud's last home game, and he just pops out the Budweiser. I'm like, I don't know if we're all right. Here we go. (laughs) No, it was an awesome moment. That like just a moment on on Bud Foster too. You know, as he's now um, the retired defensive coordinator. What a person he is, guys. Uh, In quick story, you were talking earlier about 2015 and trying to get comfortable and whatever. And I just remember walking out to my first practice and being terrified. I'm like, where can I go? Uh, where can I hide over here? And he just looks over and he goes, hey, you, you can't see anything from there. Get out here. And like, had me walk out like behind him uh, on the defensive field. He's just, he's just one of a kind fellas in terms of those relationships. I think that's what's cool about uh, Virginia Tech, not just past, but present is, uh, it's still a place where you can foster that, which is what, uh, I've kind of prided my entire career on baseball was obviously a much smaller scale and easier to do that because you were basically traveling and living, uh, with the people that you were also covering. Um, but without that for me, and I think Mike feels the same way. I think a lot of these coaches feel the same way. Uh, I don't really understand what the point is if, if you don't have those relationships. So next we want to, uh, really get into the 
behind the microphone lays here. Uh, <laughs> Billy and I are, are going to run through our own uh, propositions that we'd love to hear on future game days. <laughs> you can give us your thumbs up and thumbs down. But Perfect. before we do that, <laughs> I want to do my favorite Lay's calls, and then we want to hear about your favorite Lay's calls. So without further ado, uh, <laughs> Pat John Laser Finn is going to give you three or four calls here. <laughs> McMillan rumbles into the end zone. <laughs> nothing but Greenville grass. Personal favorite. Patterson, Patterson with nothing but clean mountain air in front of him. The cup is going nowhere, Mikey. And then everyone's favorite. Touchdown, Virginia Tech Hokies. <laughs> My wife is literally Pat. I think you've got a fan. Uh, <laughs> behind, behind uh, my phone right now because you get a Chardonnay and her and uh, she, she's she got a pretty good uh, me impression as well. <laughs> what is it? Slam jam or something? I don't know. That's incredible. But... Drop into that voice and just say anything. It's cool. yeah. What is Lays' favorite Lays-ism? Because you know, you you gotta have a whiteboard. You gotta have some some cliche phrases. Obviously, when Bill Roth was the voice of the Hokies, he had the t- touchdown Tech, and you adopted touchdown Virginia Tech Hokies. Did you have like some type of uh, you know a lot of different things on the whiteboard that you wanted to kind of make your main catchphrases? Like what went into that? Well, I, I'll first start by saying people probably don't remember, but back in 2015 when I got here. Uh, the first game, I, I told Bill that I was going to do this, too. I said, you know, I'm going to use your stuff once as a tribute, and then I'm going to retire it, for lack of a better word, or put it aside for now. Um, out of respect, more than anything, just because, you know, I didn't want to be a <laughs> knockoff version trying to do the things that he had already perfected, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people took that the wrong way, saying, hey, the new guy wants to dispatch with all of this, and that wasn't it at all. It was just... Uh, you know, Coach Fuente isn't Coach Beamer, and I'm not Bill Roth. So immediately, since you took touchdown tech off the board, your options were fairly limited, right? So right. first season, I used touchdown Hokies just because it was the opposite. Um, got through the season and was just kind of listening back to some stuff, and I didn't like the way that it sounded in a lot of cases. Uh, Mitch Holtis is one of my favorite announcers. has been fun for me. I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last few years. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs on radio and he always does the touchdown kansas city so Mm -hmm. honestly for the last four years i've been trying to find a way to like stagger out virginia tech Hokies, where it kind of equals that um some calls i I get it and some i don't and sometimes there's a pause there and people get mad because they think i'm saying touchdown virginia um which i would (laughs) never do (laughs) so yeah we've just kind of arrived at that uh by happenstance honestly well we love it and uh for the, uh, for the next 45 seconds or so, Lays, if you could give us, we're, we're going to give us, we're going to give you a, um, you know, a patent bill-ism that we'd love to get added to the mix. Okay. And, uh, you know, we have you on video. We'd love for you to do a thumbs up or a thumbs down after everyone <laughs> in case you want to make a video out of this. So uh, I'll start and then Bill will go. I think we have uh, like... 10 or 11 of these these uh, we were working on this for a while so these will be a oh no these are just these are just these are just we ran down the roster and we uh you know not to say not to sound like complete losers but we were like if we were laser these are the uh these are the these are the isms that we may have on in our in our bag so just feel free to use them feel free to call them horrible either one um but pat you can go ahead and uh <laughs> go ahead and kick it off yeah and most of these are gonna be thumbs up just okay just right out of the box. Don't right. jinx us. And I think Renee might enjoy this as well. Okay. Sweet feet Tay tiptoes down the sideline. Yeah, and of course we're talking about Tavian Robinson, right? Yes. Yeah, I Absolutely. Like that. That's going to happen for those that uh, reached out on Twitter about that. Sweet feet Tay. I like that. This one's this one's got me excited for next year. Jalen dreams it from the parking lot. The light is green in the cone zone. <laughs> yes <laughs> two for two i knew where you're going i just didn't know how you were gonna get there and then 
when the opportunity when opportunity knocks, Catum delivers. I think it's Catum. So I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> thumb thumb sideways. Thumb sideways. Oh, okay. All right. We're still. We're still getting knocks. Catum some love, but I think it's Catum. <laughs> Through the contact and one Couture to the line for one more. Couture, one more. It's a little bit of a stretch. I like that, except uh, you know, I'll go thumbs to the side on that one. We'll see. Uh, because I've, one of the ones that I've used throughout my career probably wasn't fitting at the high school level, but you guys will like what I always say with a round coming on the house. And no one did, I've never gotten in trouble for that yet, but I like it. Anything with Hunter Couture, I'm done with. There you go. Keyshawn with the tackle. What a beautiful piece of art is. <laughs> I won't have time. Bernard's going to step on that call. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we got a couple negatives in a row. We got to turn this around. Here we go. Blown up and it's a turnover on downs. If you need the job done, Hewitt can do it. <laughs> and we're back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this next one. I feel like Tim Kirkshin right now. <laughs> Marco Polo, Marco Lee in for six. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. <laughs> Debose debunks the DeJet sweep. I have. <laughs> I am a huge fan of the alliteration, as you know. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. This one's a good one. Amari with the taco. The Barno is on fire, Mikey. <laughs> Thumbs up. All right, we got four more, four more, four this more. Rules. This is almost over. This one is my personal favorite. Keyshawn King for his third touchdown of the day. Crown him, Mikey. Crown him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Might have to make a little Denny Green into that, too. He's my favorite all-time NFL. <laughs> you want to crown him, Mikey? Crown him. <laughs> Pull the line with the sack. Josh Fuga, you can forget about it. <laughs> yes we're on a roll all right we're trying to go out Some we're trying to just using uh we're using players that i'm excited that are going to be making plays next year like, oh, like yeah. Josh Fuga, for example i like that you're thinking ahead these are right. be things that we need one or no mentality here we got two left but we're focused on the next one if anyone here is a harry potter fan is anyone here do you have harry potter fans in the house oh yeah oh you'll love this one then and it's a sack! The Tar Heels are enrolled in the school of Jalen Gryffindor! <laughs> yes! Hey. See, some, of these, some of these will probably be better for like voiceovers later on. Uh, <laughs> Feel free. We're going to get pretty mad if uh, yeah, we're going two sentences to describe a handoff. Yeah, we'll send you the audio clip. You know, Carolina needs all the schooling that they can get. All right. Zing! Uh, the last one here. Oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, we promise. Super Mario gets the mushroom. Sacks for Kendricks. Yeah, I, I just like the inflection, Pat. I feel like you've, uh, you've got it down pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, that was ramp, awesome. Yeah. That went as well as we could have hoped. I, I appreciate you p- playing along and letting us uh, letting yeah, us run the full court press there. We appreciate that's, uh, it. That's usable content, <laughs> especially the Jalen Cohn one. The best part is like Cohn is down for all of those things. Like, yes, if we're if we're gonna make a Conehead section, which by the way I'm imploring Castle Guard to do for next love year, it. and I know they will. He's all about it. Like I've talked to him, he's like, "Yeah, I love it. Let's do it." That's incredible. Oh man! So rapid fire and rapid fire today. We we said the Barno is on fire, but uh, we're talking to you about hot wings from our good friends. Where good friends go, Sharky's wing and rib joint. The news is in from Sharky's. They are delivering beer. They are delivering wine. 
Blaze, Renee, you don't even have to walk down the street. They can just bring it up to the apartment. Sharky's is where good friends go. Don't forget to stop by Sharky's uh, for takeout, and they are delivering. You can never forget our good friends in times of quarantine, like all of our uh, local friends in Blacksburg. But we have uh, seven rapid-fire questions for you and then we have uh, four or five quarantine edition rapid fire and then we'll finish up with letters from the lays pale but uh we'll start <laughs> go to drink while in the booth you know do you have water it looks like you're drinking a, a diet coke right now are you a gatorade guy you know what what's the go-to for lays this probably isn't the healthiest maneuver but yeah i average about six diet cokes per football game and Ooh. three for uh yeah it's a joke amongst my crew uh, yeah, I mix in a water or two every once in a while. I'm trying to be better about it, but it's definitely Diet Coke. Hey, we definitely always uh, endorse mixing in a water at the Sons of Saturday. <laughs> favorite favorite play-by-play commentators that you follow, whether it's radio or TV? You mentioned a few previously, but who's your, uh, you know, in today's day and age, your favorites? Yeah, Kevin Harlan's one of my favorites. Uh, he's not a Minnesota guy, but he got his start in Minnesota. And what's been cool for me, I think he's one of the best in the business. I think he has been for a long time. But he, I've found out he's one of the coolest guys in the business, and he's actually listened to a lot of my stuff and critiqued it for me and uh, given feedback and given encouragement. So he's definitely one of my favorites. But I tell you guys, I, I grew up, Harry Carey was it, man. I wanted to be mm. Harry Carey. I was a cup fan and everything else that went with it and uh yeah he was my dude fly the w baby uh hunker down favorite movie series that you like to watch you know it could be a single movie it could be a series but you got a lot of time on your hands what are your uh, your favorite rewatchables well i was gearing up for this appearance by watching the original karate kid and wishing that we had golf and stuff to take elizabeth shoe to um two and three didn't really live up to the first one so i wouldn't call it a series i like most if you make fast and the furious and you put vin diesel in it i will go see it uh even though we're up to about 11 at the (laughs) moment um of course rocky is a phenomenal series um and i'll if that's on i'll watch it too we're gonna get to all of these things i think over the next couple of weeks um but not a movie series but uh west wing we're we're now rewatching for about the seventh time Love West Wing. Favorite song by one of your favorite artists that people don't know about, Pink. Yeah. Uh, She's got uh, all kinds of good stuff now. Uh, Like a Pill was one of my original favorites. Um, Beautiful Trauma uh, off one of her more recent albums. Uh, And My Attic off her most recent. I think she might have just come out with something a couple of weeks ago. Uh, But her actual full, full album my attic it's a good tune check it out my attic you mentioned a lot of places that you've lived what has been your favorite place that you lived other than your hometown and now your current residence of blacksburg yeah tempe scottsdale is hard to beat guys and and they've made it uh a lot better even since i was there back in the late 90s uh an early portion of the first decade of 2000 so i would probably still go with the valley of the sun and then uh favorite NRV activity, you know, great place to do outdoorsy things. What do you like to do when you're not on the call? I play a ton of golf, so I enjoy the river course. I enjoy BCC. Uh, We are not what I would call avid hikers, but we'll get out there every weekend or so. Uh, Not or so, a weekend or so a year, I should say. Um, Honestly, we just do right now a ton of walking around, uh, but people that live in this area know that they'll, they'll see us out on the scene as well. Uh, my wife and I like to get out and talk to Hokies and mingle with Hokies and, and just have a good time. I think the biggest thing that we like about living here, honestly, is that we can just walk to everything. Like for me, I walk to Lane Stadium on game day and it's my wife walks to basketball games uh, just right up the road. So we just kind of like that compa- compact nature of it. Cannot be more jealous of that. And then uh, my last question for you here, Lays. Your favorite Hokie Twitter accounts? We mentioned the uh, the Twitter bracketology challenge. What are you know some of your favorite accounts that uh, you've recently uh, dug into that uh, definitely are deserving of Hokie Nation's attention? Uh, well, I've become a big fan of yours, uh, Sons of Saturday for sure. I do like the the real D Kuna, David. Yes. Kuna. I don't want to I don't want to blow him up too big um, because he's got his big bracket going on. 
and I got busted out. You know, I, I really like Will Stewart. I like Chris Coleman. I've uh, always had a lot of respect for those guys. I think Andy Bitter does a, a really good job uh, on the beat as well. Uh, what's fun for me is, as you can tell, I'm kind of struggling a little bit with naming them Tech Sideline, of course, key play. Um, there's just so much now, uh, and that's a good thing, right? There's so much conversation about Virginia Tech now. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun for me to see some of the young people kind of come into their own, too. Obisa Beattie's a lot of fun on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> of course, getting to know him. Trey Turner and Beattie matched up in that bracket the other day. Um, so, yeah, those, I mean, you know, I just follow them all and whatever happens to pop up that day. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that there's that much interest. It makes it fun to be who I am, to do what I do when there's so many other people that have opinions, have voices, and I don't have to do it all in, in a singular voice, I guess. Gotcha. So moving on to the quarantine section here, just a couple of questions about what's been going on recently. Um, so you said that naturally it's kind of been um, just the seamless transition from your schedule as what's been going on. Uh, this is kind of how it normally goes, but you're obviously spending a lot less time around the facility. So are you doing anything Virginia Tech sports related? Um, are you watching old games, scouting future teams? What are you doing right now? Yeah, I've done a little bit of that. I listened back to games that made me happy last week. Uh, I listened back <laughs> to the Pitt football game. Uh, there you go. The first one I went back to. I uh, listened to the first half of the Georgia Tech football game. Um, just coming off, listening back. I always listen back to the games the next day. Um, so I was listening back to the Carolina game from the ACC tournament. But honestly, the other side of my job that people don't really see a ton is where we where we go in the offseason, and that is maintaining our network of stations, uh, which is 37 affiliates. And we obviously continue to love the size and how far uh, that expands. And people can hear Virginia Tech football, but there's a number of different stations with a number of different contracts. So the first thing that I try to do, and I'm already well down the road, I'm looking over at my sheet on my home office, my dining room table, uh, is just have those conversations with the program directors, with the station owners. Um, you know, how many years, what are we going to do? Um, I think we had 12 of them that we've got to do again this year. So that was the last week. Hmm. Um, normally I'd be calling baseball for ACC network extra this time of year. So I'm missing that. My wife's missing working out there. She does the DVR replay, uh, or DV sport, I should say. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're adjusting like everybody else guys, honestly, uh, no, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I have a call with the station manager at 10 and we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Gotcha. And you mentioned West Wing. Uh, is there anything else that you're binging right now? Any, any Netflix series, any suggestions uh, for folks looking for something to binge? Yeah. If you've never been into Narcos and you okay. can start with season one, uh, jump on that. Season one and two are very good. We just got done uh, binging Narcos Mexico season three uh we were already doing that before this quarantine situation so we finished that off um let's see what else you got any other suggestions i mean we watch everything but apparently we don't have any suggestions at the moment uh <laughs> no, <laughs> no we're, we're kind of just cycling back through everything right now to be honest guys oh game of thrones if you've never got into that that got me through my first yes. summer here in Blacksburg, I had no idea what to do. Like basketball season ended, and I, I'd been in baseball for 14 years, and like had the ballpark <laughs> to be it every night. And we were we were sitting here, honestly, fellas, some nights just waiting for the sun to go down, so we could start binge <laughs> watching Game of Thrones because we thought it was shameful to do it while it was still light out. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what what about playlists? What what do you listen to? Pat's a big Bruce guy. I'm a big Bruce guy. What what it what what do you uh what do you listen to? Yeah, I'm all over the map, honestly, guys. I'll listen to just about everything. It seems like as the older I get, the more I trend uh, even a little bit country. So I'll generally have a Jason Aldean on, or um, a lot of times, you know, when we're up in the weight room or whatever else, we'll just have the country radio on like you mentioned pink i'll listen to that and at the same time i might mix in some tupac's greatest hits when i'm talking <laughs> so, hey, all over the map i'm all over the place man i mean i went to high school in the 90s so uh oh you know and my favorite artist is uh, eric church right now i love his great dad. pick great um, pick <clears throat> so i put on eric church radio on pandora and some of those other people that i mentioned will pop on but yeah i'm I've never been like a devotee. I was a huge Dave Matthews guy when I was in college. Um, yes. And I still love some of that stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I've never been a huge, you know, just devotee to like a Bruce or someone like that. But uh, yeah, if it's if it's good music, I'll listen to it. Gotcha. Um, snacking. So last time you head over to Kroger, what do you what do you what are you grabbing? Oreos, Chips Ahoy, uh, Fruit by the Foot. What what's 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 in the cupboard? <laughs> fruit by the Foot. I do not have nearly enough fruit by the foot in my life. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge snacker. My wife calls me Snackington, uh, lovingly. Snackington. I'm just looking at the top of my fridge right now. What do we got? We got Cheez-Its. We've got Tostitos. We've got uh, two different varieties of Wheat Thins, the store brand and the actual brand. Popcorn. Chex Mix. Uh, well, those are just to make uh, meat and cheese sandwiches on a cracker, Pat. Sure. Um, yeah, I snack like nobody's business, and uh, this is going to be a challenge because we've got just about everything you'd imagine. I'm not a big sweets guy. I'm not a big cookies guy. I ship the whole Oreos. I don't do a lot of that. Sound more like a smorgasbord kind of guy. Got some olives, got some salami, got some crackers, maybe a glass of wine. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and then last... You sound more sophisticated than I actually am, but... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last one that I have for you in the, uh, in the quarantine section here. Uh, are you reading anything? You listen to any audiobooks? Any, uh, any podcasts? What, 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 do you, what do you have there? Yeah, I'm huge readers. Uh, I love reading, and that goes back to being in minor league baseball and just being on the bus nonstop. Um, reading a book right now, it's called The... The leaders we were promised or the ones we were promised, it's basically about the new wave of politicians, uh, millennials that have been elected to Congress uh, or local office and just their ideologies and how that's changing in politics and things like that. I actually I'm not huge uh, into being political and, you know, getting all riled up about it, but I am fascinated by the political process. So I tend to read a lot of things like that. Uh, I just read Barry Zito's book uh, because I got to know him a little bit in the Giants organization. It was kind of about how his life was looking great, but, you know, mentally he was bottomed out and, and those things. So kind of like with music and food, man, I guys, I will I will read just about anything if I find it interesting to me that day. But I've always got a book going uh, for sure. Dan Levitard's show is, my, uh, is one of my uh, things that I don't miss most days, so I'll podcast that uh, a lot of times but other than that I've, I've got to get more into listening to podcasts and being prepared enough to do it uh, but I never seem to download them before I get in the car gotcha just to, just one suggestion to throw over the fence um, Bill Simmons has a great podcast and there's one called the rewatchables where he takes old movies and does a deep dive on them really really cool stuff uh, especially with the Rocky movie he did a couple on those so um, there's a suggestion here but that's all that we have for you on our end. We do have some letters from the lunch pail that were submitted on Twitter uh, right before we got started. So um, just to dive into that. And one from our guest from last week, Taylor Kasky in the Multimedia Journalism Department, wants to know who has been the most me- memorable person that you have met through your job. Wow, that's a good question. Taylor actually interned in our office uh, last summer. So <laughs> good question from her. Uh, I guess if we're going to just put it on uh, Virginia Tech scale, uh, just meeting Michael Vick the first day that I was here, first practice that I went to, uh, Michael happened to be at. So being around him and uh, you know getting his recollections, of course, I've been so fortunate that I get to run up against most of the guys that built it, right? Coach Beamer, Coach Foster take for granted, but Bruce Smith, I was sitting next to him and uh, KJ, one time at an autograph tent in Bristol, I have no idea. It was like Kevin Jones, me, Bruce Smith, and people were like, "Oh, thank you," and then like did a circle around to get to Bruce Smith. Um, you know, in terms of uh, earlier in my career, just randomly, I think names that kind of had Sugar Ray Leonard. I met one time when he came into the radio station. Wow. Uh, used to cover Kevin Garnett and that Timberwolves team quite a bit when I was an intern. Um, some of those earlier Twins teams, uh, Torrey Hunter. Uh, so, yeah, I've been fortunate to be around, and, and a lot of stars on the way up, right, um, especially, particularly in baseball. Andrew McCutcheon was on one of the first teams I worked for. Wow. Um, Francisco Lindor came through. Um, you know, just not guys that you're great buddies with or anything like that, but you've certainly been able to get to know a little bit. That's really cool. Now, um, Al Jones, one of the graphic masters behind some Suns graphics, he asked, 
What is your favorite away football and men's basketball venues slash atmosphere that you've been able to call a Hokies game at so far? Yeah, I think football has got to be Notre Dame Stadium. Um, it was pretty miserable the first time we were there, honestly, because the press box was under construction and the weather was what it was. And Hokie mm-hmm. fans will remember that. Um, but we must have lingered on the field a little longer um, coaching staff, whatever, because by the time Mikey and I got down to the field from the press box and we had won over Notre Dame, I was walking out, walking off the field right behind Coach Fuente. And I'm just <laughs> like, if there's a better feeling in sports than this, I'm not sure what it is, uh, you know, just walking up the tunnel at Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Bristol was just an absolute ordeal Unreal. from a technical perspective. Um, <laughs> it was surreal to be a part of, honestly. Uh, it was difficult to call. We really couldn't, once the ball left, the quarterback's hand or a kicker we couldn't we just we couldn't see it uh, so we we're just waiting for it to come down to see where it was wow. so that was kind of a tough night that way it was one of those where after it was over you're like okay that was pretty cool uh, florida state was cool doak uh, walker um but football side lane's my favorite honestly it's the best vantage point from where our our booth is we're kind of higher up and we can see plays um unfolding better than other places basketball it's kind of a no-brainer for me. I just I love the, uh, the Smith Center in North Carolina. We haven't had any success there since I've been there, but I, it's spacious enough where you've got room. It's comfortable in terms of doing the broadcast. Of course, it has a ton of history. Um, you know, that one just kind of outranks uh, um, Duke to me. I, I just I've enjoyed that one. Oh, and uh, Rupp Arena was amazing a couple years ago too. An incredible game, also at Rupp Arena. Um, Dude, we should have won. We should yeah. have won. We should have won. Coach Williams and I are both still upset about that. <laughs> From Steve Upton, players to watch that maybe the fan base isn't aware of yet. And another a double whammy here. Any plans to set up a virtual Tech Talk Live on Monday nights for Hokie Nation? Uh, let's start with the players. Uh, Jaden Payett's my big uh, breakout guy. This year, I know people love to look at um, skill position guys when they're talking about that. So I think he was maybe ready if we had needed him to be last year or we uh, had found it necessary to burn his red shirt. Fortunately, we didn't have to do that. But I think he's kind of ready to step in and be that big receiver. Uh, I called for it last year, and I think I'll credit it with a partial. James Mitchell, I know everybody knows his name. I think he's going to be a monster this year. I really do. Um Brock Hoffman, of course, well, you know, where are you putting him on the offensive line? How does that shift everybody? Um, Hendon Hooker, I think, has the player of the year in the conference potential going into the season as the starter. But I love that quarterback room in general with Quincy and Braxton Burmeister, who probably Hokie fans don't know a ton about transferring over and now being eligible from Oregon. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I get pretty excited about this, guys. I think we're no longer in a place where too many true freshmen are going to come in and you're going to know their names right away, and that's good because that's the way that it's supposed to be. But Alan Tisdale, I think, is poised to be a star. was already a contributor, of course, last year, but then you've got Dax and Rayshard, so you can kind of sprinkle him in. Where does he play? You mentioned it earlier on your highlight calls there that were phenomenal. Amari Barno probably is the guy <laughs> that emerges this year. Um, and some of the defensive ends, too, so... Yeah, it's I'm, I'm I'm pumped for football, guys. I really am. This has been a bit of a sidestep here uh, the last week or so, but uh, it's fun to talk about it and to think about it. Dougie Fresh wants to know for the Lays, lefties or six twenty two North. Yeah, that's like picking between my two kids right there. Those are just about my two favorite places in Blacksburg, and uh, my man Big Buck, who has been he was the chef at Lefties, and I think he is at Six Twenty Two, and I think there's an affiliation between the two. It's the same font on the menus. Uh, I can't make that choice, Dougie Fresh. I'm sorry. Uh, I will say that Six Twenty Two uh, was my wife and I's kind of pregame ritual. That's where we go to dinner uh, Friday night before Saturday games in Blacksburg. And then uh, final question here, Lays, before our shout-outs. Heard you're pretty good at ping-pong and just want to know if this is true or false information. No, that's absolutely true. That's the only true life skill that I have um, where I, I'm not saying I'm not okay at some other things. I'm a decent golfer and such. But no, <laughs> ping-pong is my greatest uh, gift. And my only issue is I never play anymore for whatever reason. You know, we don't have a table at my place. Uh, we used to have them sometimes in the clubhouses and baseball, and you play every day and stay fresh. 
Um, so yeah, I need to start playing again. But no, I'm I'm very good at ping pong. It's funny because uh, <laughs> it's funny because um, my brother was sent home from college uh, early for his senior year. And when I came up back to Jersey, I, I shot him a text message and I said, hey, man, get ready because we're going to be playing a lot of ping pong. So <laughs> it's been a lot of fun getting back on the table with him. But uh, Blaze, this has been incredible. So much fun. Uh, it's been a blast, honestly. And before you go, you got to give some shout outs. Every guest we have on gives their shout outs. Uh, Bill, you can give some shout outs, too. But uh, who do you want to shout out? Show some love. Uh, to the homies yeah well first of all i want to shout out you guys because <clears throat> i remember talking to billy what was that billy, like three years ago maybe even more probably uh, yep talking about doing something and uh i don't mean this to be patronizing at all I, I think what you guys have done is so much fun i think it adds a positive level to the virginia tech conversation uh, but a real one too you know it's not fluffing it up for the sake of doing that so I appreciate it. And with the merchandise and everything you guys have going, I think it's offered a, a nice perspective. So uh, thanks for having me on. Shout out to you. Got to shout out my guy, Mikey, because this is the time of the year that we don't see each other anymore. And apparently right now we can't go see each other. Um, so, you know, we'll have to figure out how to get him on Skype and uh, we'll have a virtual happy hour or whatever it is. Uh, and then I've got a shout out OXVT who just pummeled me in the uh, Twitter <laughs> bracket today. Uh, that was very one-sided. Congratulations to you. Go win it all, particularly now that the Suns are out. Uh, and Evan Hughes, my man, he's uh, he's made it go for it a, a lot of times this year, including setting up Tech Talk Live every week. So to him, Jake Lyman, and Kevin DiDomenico, uh, we couldn't do it without you. We'll wrap it up with that. I won't even try to uh, to to follow that up. Really appreciate your time, uh, Laser, and I'd love to be able to do this again. And uh, looking forward to when this is uh, when this is all over to getting back to uh, hearing your voice and and playing some balls. So really appreciate your time this uh, this Sunday afternoon. Oh, absolutely, guys. I feel like a natural stopping point, Billy, would be for you to do the cone highlight again. Oh, the cone highlight. Okay. Cone from 45 feet away, and it's still green from the cone zone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lays. We'll talk soon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was incredible. Cry you some song.